Hello. Uh, welcome to um, I Have a Strange Story podcast. It feels weird because Rebecca is not here today. But this is the podcast where usually two sisters retell people's strange and paranormal stories and experiences. I'm Lindsay. Rebecca's not here. But we do have a special guest today. Um, so it's going to be another show that's a little different. Um, and a little bit spicier because we got a Mexican man on the show today and he's sitting Hola. across. Yeah. Mucho gusto. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, joining us today is actually a longtime listener. He's an OG listener who's been listening since the beginning of the show. Um, and his name is Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello, everyone. Uh, I've been listening to a uh, this show for a really long time. I uh-huh. uh, love it. Oh, uh, I got into paranormal kind of, uh, things when, um, what was the name of the show? Unsolved Mysteries came mm-hmm. out, uh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in the 1980s. Uh, terrified me as a kid. Uh, all the episodes are very scary, but the music still haunts me today. Uh, love the new stuff. Uh, the new show on Netflix, if you haven't seen it, uh, Unsolved Mysteries is, is great. Uh, but yeah, uh, I love everything paranormal, uh, everything from Bigfoot to Loch Ness Monster and all that stuff. I remember going to the library and still seeing, uh, books and like reading them. I never checked them out, but I would read them while I was there. Aw, you never checked them out? No. Why <laughs> not? I don't I, understand. I can't, I can't remember, to be honest. Oh, okay. it, either way, I was, uh, I've been interested in paranormal uh, type things and cryptids for a very long time. Well, listen here, Mike. I think you came to the right place and the right show because that's what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> which is why we invited you. I am excited. I feel like you sound really excited. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. And I have to let everybody know that Mike has actually been a part of the show kind of for quite a while. So he's listened from the beginning. He's also given me a lot of, uh, advice on stories to tell and also tipperoos to make me a little more, uh, you know, with the times, I think Mike encouraged the YouTube videos. So you're welcome, everybody. It's Mike. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who watches those. <laughs> and if you haven't seen them, please go watch. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's me and Becky who watch them. And then um, he's given me several ideas for you know stories. And actually, one of his stories has been on the show, um, which which I retold at one point. So it's cool that you're here. We're happy you're here. And thank you for filling in for Rebecca today. It's uh, very cool to be here. Yeah. A new experience for me. Rebecca, we miss you. Yes. Uh, I hope you can be here, and I'm sorry. Dude, um, it's like the, the heart and the soul of the show isn't here. Yeah, like, I mean, y'all are great together. Don't get me wrong. Like, it feels stop. weird being here. I am by no means trying to take Rebecca's place, guys. So stop. Y'all can, if y'all hate this show, don't worry. I'm not staying <laughs> sticking around. Shut up. Okay, I said shut up. Um, <laughs> so so the show will just be a little different, but we thank you for your time um, today. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and start with the story today. And this comes to us all the way from Zimbabwe. Awesome. Yeah, this is um, a story that comes to us from 1994. And it comes to us from a bunch of kids. Um, so this happened in an agricultural town called Rua, or I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it's R-U-W-A. Um, that's how to pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. Rua sounds right. So this happened on September 16th, 
16th of 1994 in the schoolyard of a private school in Zimbabwe called Ariel School uh, for Children. And so there were kids there from the ages of about 5 to 12. Um, it was about 91 degrees on this day. I love the detail I can share. Like, I wow. hope, yeah, are you getting a feeling? Like, so wait, is 91 degrees a good temperature for you? Is it like a good day or is it a little too hot? I think I'm so cold natured. I think 91 is like, I'm okay. Okay. So the kids were having a great splendid day. I think they're probably oh. miserable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like 1030 in the morning. The kids are in their morning break from school and they're all outside. It's about 62 kids, but it's about a hundred and like 12 or whatever people who were there counting the staff. So this takes place outside with the children, no adults because the adults are all inside in a meeting. Boring meetings that could have just been sent through emails. Emails. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens is all these kids are outside from these various ages, right? And what they see in the sky are three silver like balls in the air, right? They're floating around. They're zigzagging. One of them flashes red. And then a bunch of them just, they look like they explode in the sky and they disappear and reappear at different parts of the sky. Eventually one of them, comes down to the earth and the other two disappear. So naturally these little fucking kids are like, we're going to go check out this, this like thing that landed. Right. And they go to the area they're not supposed to go to. So kids, kids, kids. fucking kids, man. There is this area that like, there were like poisonous spiders, poisonous snakes. They weren't supposed to go to this area and they knew it, but they did it anyways. Like, hashtag can't stop, won't stop. Like, these kids, like, <laughs> marched up, right? They marched across the schoolyard. So they get they get to this, um, this sphere that landed. They get there. All the young kids are up front because I think they were closest to the area. And all the older kids are at the back. They get and they're looking at the sphere. And this little creature comes out. He's, like, three feet tall. He's skinny and scrawny. His eyes look like rugby balls. And he has on this, like, black elastic suit that's, like, really fucking tight. Right? Yeah. Okay. Skin tight kind of, like, is it like a suit and tie type It's like the Matrix type of, like, leather. Oh, that makes sense. Right? That's That's what I'm thinking of. By the way, Rebecca dressed up in that costume for Halloween when he... (laughs) My Is mom made really? it for her. Yeah. <laughs> My mom sewed it for her. Who was she though? Do you remember? She's what's her name? Trinity. Yeah, she was Trinity. <laughs> she had her hair like slicked back and I everything. Like I was I was getting ready because I didn't think you were gonna have the you answer. You know, that girl. You're just like, you know who I'm like Trinity. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the relationship here. <laughs> uh anyway, so that's how they're dressed. So one of them, one of these creatures is out and it's on top of the this UFO is what I'm gonna call it, and it's walking around on top, and then it jumps down um behind the UFO. And then another one comes out. And he comes and he stares just straight into the children's eyes, just fucking stares at them. And the children now are describing that it's as if this creature is mandating that these kids look in his eyes. Um, he's purposefully trying to make eye contact with all these kids. Right. And so the kids are a little freaked out. Um, 
what some of the kids now describe is that as they were standing there, uh, the little kids, first of all, got fucking freaked out. They fucking ran screaming and crying back to the school to find teachers, right? (laughs) Fucking terrified. And they're upset because they actually think that this is a a, a mythological creature that's going to eat them. Um, The little kids thought it was something called called a uh, a tikloshi, I think is what how you pronounce it. Never even heard of that. Yeah, I haven't either. But it's a dwarf like uh, water sprite is how it's described. So it's considered mischievous and it's evil and it becomes invisible by drinking fucking water. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, sometimes I wish that drinking water would, like, make calories disappear. I've talked about that. Like, the... Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, but usually these creatures are called upon by, like, uh, maleficent people. Is that how you say it? Did I say it? <laughs> malevolent people. I was thinking of Maleficent. Movie. You're thinking of movie. From, the, from yeah. Sleeping Beauty, right? Yes. Okay. That's Rebecca's favorite Disney movie. Um, oh. So they think they call on, on, on them to call like trouble for people. So the kids are like, holy fuck, there's that thing. It's going to eat us. They're scared. They run. They try to find teachers. Well, none of the fucking teachers believe them, dude. And that's like, we say typical kids. I'll say like typical teachers. Like they were like, yeah, typical adults not believing. Right. Somebody. They were like, you silly. Y'all are making it up. You just want attention because we're Tony not out there. Fall down the well. Right. So nobody fucking believed the kids that had run inside. So the older kids are still standing out there, by the way, fucking staring at this thing fucking rugby ball eyes yeah and he is talking to them or she it is talking to the students out there and he's speaking to them telepathically and what he's telling them is that the human race is wrong and they need to stop destroying the earth or it's going the the people of earth are going to face harsh consequences that that sounds about fair right human race yeah right and so they also that's it. Okay. That's all they did. I said also because I thought my <laughs> notes said something else that that's it. So they're basically just telling them like, Hey, the world's going to fucking be destroyed no, because but- of y'all. Oh, also technology. They're like, dude, fucking slow down your technology. Little yeah. kids. They're like, your technology is rapidly like expediting into something that y'all don't understand. So you need to fucking cut it out. Uh, I would like to add that there are cases uh, where in Egypt, ancient Egypt, Okay. Uh, there were forms of batteries that were found in copper pots. Okay. And this is what they're uh, assuming copper. that it is. I mean, copper. I'm sorry. Oh, it, I was got clay, it, was, it was clay pots, but the there oh. was there was uh, copper uh, cylindrical stems that would go inside these copper oh, pots. Oh, okay. I mean, the that's the battery, pots. dude. So they were they were saying there was battery because the way everything was, uh, I guess, assembled or found, there were components to make a battery. So there's there's signs of saying that ancient civilization was that advanced anyway i'll shut up sorry that's why you're on this show (laughs) (laughs) because of what you just shared okay so that's what the older kids come back with and the older kids are like we're destroying the earth we have to stop they all have a consistent story that they are sharing with the adults they run in they tell the adults what happened because eventually this sphere just like fucking shoots up into the sky and disappears um and so the older kids come back to the school nobody believes them the kids go home um and the teachers are just like they're just causing trouble well the next day the parents call and they're like what the fuck happened yesterday 
yesterday. My kid is terrified. They're having nightmares. You know, they're, they're telling us that they found a UFO and aliens came out and spoke to them. So when they find out about this, the teachers then start to take it a little more seriously. And what happens is people hear about it, it's on the news, and they start reaching out to the school wanting more information. And one person who hears about this is somebody who is actually like a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, biographer from Harvard, and his name was John uh, Mack. That sounds legitimate. Right? Yeah. He's a psychiatrist who works the fucking kids. Right. And he's from Harvard, and Harvard even put out a statement. Harvard was like, we fucking back what he's finding. Like Harvard didn't even deny it. They backed this man. He did research for fucking years and he started out by interviewing the kids. And this man who studied at Harvard did research was he's a psychiatrist. What he ended up saying is he was like, these kids aren't fucking lying. This man was like, this really fucking happened. And he's like, I can tell you what happened um, based on the consistency. Go ahead. Yeah, Because he's trained for this kind of stuff. Right. This is what he does. He said their stories were consistent. Their body language, um, spoke to them telling the truth and then so did their like tone of their voice and all you know all the things that he would look for to see if somebody was lying he was like these fucking kids are not lying this really fucking happened there was even they even requested that the kids all draw pictures to show what happened that day oh that's cool all the fucking pictures were like the same they're consistent the creatures, the sphere, the area where it happened. And so now we say, so it's like, what, 62 kids? Did all these kids, all these kids got together and said, everybody lie, everybody draw this picture. It couldn't have happened. Right. Because these kids are all adamant that this is what they saw. The kids didn't waver. Their stories were the same. I can't say every single child had was interviewed, but almost all of them were interviewed and they all were consistent with this. Um. So I don't know if I have anything else to say. You, did you talk about their like interviewing again in adulthood? Yes. Did they do so that? Because that they would be did. interesting. They did. These people who went through this, they're all adults now, right? And they live throughout the world. Um, I'm not quite sure. I didn't. Fuck. I again. Listen, this is take two of this fucking podcast, man. We had to do, redo that episode because I fucked up the microphones. Um, but I was going to do. I was going to look into like. This is a private school that kids went to. Um, So these kids ended up living all over the place. Some are in Canada, United States, New Zealand, and Britain, but they're all easily found. And they were, they all gladly agreed to participate in interviews um, for a documentary that someone was doing on this event. And um, their stories have not fucking changed. Their stories are consistent. They're the same. And all of these adults say this fucking happened to us as kids. We all saw this. We are not crazy. Do you happen to know the name of the documentary? I don't. Um, yeah, I didn't look that up. I could. That so, would have been a so good thing to share. basically Zimbabwe UFO school incident. If you Google that, you, yeah. you'd probably find a name. Or like Zimbabwe alien invasion. Like, it'll come up. Yeah, it's the only cool. thing that, that comes up. That sounds cool. You're it sounds better, cool. You're better at those. I know. <laughs> I've been doing this longer. I've been doing the podcast for two years. Um, like really long. <laughs> so... This is the story, and I'm sticking to it, about these kids that fucking encountered a UFO. So then you ask, and you asked me in the first episode that we attempted to do, why would these aliens talk to the kids? Yeah, not the adults. Right. And so, number one, the adults were inside because they were being 
really irresponsible. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. So don't blame the children because you were irresponsible. Number one, and say they're making a story up because they're not. Number two, why do the aliens talk to the children? I think my theory is something went wrong with one of the ships. We talked about how, what they saw and they saw like a bright red light, all that shit. Something went wrong with this ship. They had a land to look at hazard lights, something, right? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. You're so fucking proud of yourself. So they come down to take a look at the ship and you know, then these kids happen to come wonder and watch them. And so my theory is, as if I was outside doing something, minding, doing adult business and if children that I don't know come around me and they're staring at me and asking me questions, I'm going to be like, Hey, where's your mom? Or you know what I mean? I'm going to be like, Hey, like I'm busy. Can you go? Yeah. Stop wasting my time. Yeah. And so I just think that these aliens maybe had a sense of humor and they were like, hey, little fuckers, like, you're going to ruin the world and you're going to die. Like, Yeah, it's a possibility. They could have. Well, so from my perspective, when I first asked that question, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking it was something a little more philosophical where okay. the aliens looked at adult humans and knew that by this time, the way the world had corrupted them. So they couldn't share that information and say, hey, stop advancing so much technologically technologically mm-hmm. uh because by that time they're corrupted it just to do something they're by their own needs you know something very selfish like whereas kids are very innocent and can still be molded dude that's crazy and if we think about where we are now so we've survived the first trump presidency i say the first <laughs> oh my god i'm terrified of whatever this even, is yeah. not a political this is not a political yeah. podcast this is a fun podcast <laughs> But, you know, Trump got us out of a lot of stuff that we were doing for the environment, for the world, right? Yeah. He got us out of a lot of treaties and a lot of agreements that we had with other countries. And so these kiddos, I don't know how, how old are these kids? How much younger are they? They're 10 years younger than us. So they're like, they're millennials still, right? They're like, what, 27? Oh, now, now they're like millennials. Is that what you're They're saying? millennials right well, now. you're still millennial. We're I know I'm millennial. We're just... Get millennial. out. I'm an older one. Yeah. But like, we're the same age as them. Maybe they were letting them know because they also knew how passionate maybe millennials were going to be about the environment and change it. Because I think in general, millennials are generally known for caring about the environment and wanting to make change. Yeah. It's interesting how that's everything weird. happens. Well, as far as I think it's a form of like evolving Yeah, where like each generation is passed down with the knowledge of their forebearers, of course, and, mm-hmm. and then so on and so forth. So they learn from them and they adapt it to their lives mm-hmm. and it keeps going on and, and, and they uh, look at maybe a new problem with, with the world and then they, you know, try to change that. Uh, anyway, so I also didn't find anything else about, because then I was like, maybe these kids, like maybe they were told cause they were going to make like true change. Like October's blue, wait, red October sky. What is that movie? <laughs> October sky. October sky <laughs> where the kid is so enamored with rockets and then he goes and works for NASA. Like maybe these kids, this was going to be like embedding in them to go and make, you know, all this change. Well, and then, you know, none of them did from what I understand. Well, so it, let me ask you this. If, if that had happened to you yeah, and you were one of those kids, on okay, the, this that is a good that question. Three foot, you know, aliens, do uh-huh. you think that would affected your life at all? Yes, 
I do. So did you hear with such conviction? Yeah. Because I thought I saw a ghost when I was little. Look at me now. I've got a hundred <laughs> listeners for a fucking podcast about paranormal shit. <laughs> Right. It impact. No, it impacted me. My, ex- a lot of my experiences as a child severely impacted me now. And like what I'm interested in and what I've looked up and researched, like, yeah, dude, I totally think that could have had a, and it has had a major impact. Like these, these adults now have this story that is so unbelievable and mind boggling. Right. And people don't believe them. And these, these adults are still having to defend their story and people still have this really strong interest. Like what the fuck? So many witnesses at one time to this. I, I thought I heard you say something about how some of these, uh, people that or the kids that were there when they got older, they ended up keeping that information from their spouses. Cause they did, they were tired of being ridiculed and oh, yeah. hounded for that information. They just didn't, they want to disconnect themselves with that. Some of them do like definitely they hadn't told their spouses about it or some of them, their parents had told them like it didn't happen. It's all made up in your head. And there were some people that there was what triggered a lot of this to resurface was the, a documentary that was done. And the person who was doing the documentary had put out like a, a communication saying if, if you were one of these kids, like contact me, reach out to me immediately following what had happened is whenever John Mack did his research. And so it was really easy. He just went to the school and like talked to the fucking kids. Well, so many years have passed. Right. And these kids have all moved on. So now they're, re- they'd reached out again to make this documentary and some of the kids had said that they are these, they're adults. Now they literally said they thought it was all in their head and it was made up until they saw this and they reached out to the other oh, kids wow. and they were like, it really happened. But for years I've lived in denial because my parents told me it was made up. Wow. Right. Like these poor fucking people, like what a fucking trauma to experience. That's, that's the biggest form of gaslighting. I think you've oh, ever had on this, on this show. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. It's a real thing. People. It is. I'm proud of you for knowing that language and terminology and you applied it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. it, you did. So these poor kids were gaslit about it, right? Gaslit. Is that what you and I can say? That's what it said. Um, but anyways, so that's my strange story. If you haven't heard of it, you're welcome because you're probably going to go do way more research like I did. Um, and I think I'd mentioned that actually a lot of, um, some of the ideas and specials that we've had, as well as the videos that we do now, we're really influenced by Mike because he's a lot cooler possibly than I am and Rebecca is, and he's a little more in tune with shit. So he he has made some suggestions like that. And this story, actually, I wouldn't have known about if it hadn't have been for Mike because he also has encouraged me to watch um, some of Joe Rogan. And I know that there's some... Um... Sorry, my dog is coughing. I know that there's some um, different beliefs on Joe Rogan. I'm not quite up to date on all of them, so I apologize if it's offensive to anybody. However, I did watch his episode where he had a person um, on the show, and they talked about this, I believe. Um, And so that's kind of what piqued my interest, and I wanted to share it with other people because I'd never heard of it until then. And Joe Rogan, I hear you're in Austin now. You probably listen to my show. (laughs) Yes, I'll come on. Yes. Um, but first we'll let Mike tell his story and I'll hold my breath and wait to be invited so that I can be syndicated in my show can be famous and I won't have to go to work anymore. 
Uh, Mike, you're up. I'll just take, uh, I don't know, I'm going to follow that for one. <laughs> I would like to point out that uh, Lindsay is drinking scotch. Oh, yeah, thank you. It is called Monkey Shoulder, if you ever want to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a blend of three different uh, high-quality scotches, really good mm-hmm. squat, uh, scotches that they have out there. Did I say squatches? Yeah, scotch, 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 scotch. But, so, uh, anyway... Uh, thank you for having me for one. Mm. And Rebecca, uh, we miss you. We love you. Um, wish you could be here, but, uh, so I will do my best to take your place. My story is actually going to be a little, uh, I guess it's, it's, it's a little more historically accurate than it is anything to do with paranormal. Not that I don't think any of that's accurate. Uh, it has to do, uh, take you back here to world war two. Uh, there was a ship named the Indianapolis that was, uh, classified as a heavy cruiser by the U S Navy. It uh, was actually famous or at, not known at the time, uh, for carrying components of an atomic bomb, which we know as a uh, little boy was a, was a name designated to it, oh. uh, which later, went to bomb uh it was a nuclear bomb that uh you know that we dropped on hiroshima sorry i giggled i wasn't giggling that i was giggling at little boy baby boy little boy i love you it's so there was fat boy fat man and little boy is what they designated these names what the fuck dude uh fat man was dropped on nagasaki oh um so anyway this uh this ship uh was headed from the philippines to manhattan as you know, the Manhattan Project with uh, nuclear weapons and all that, um, which, by the way, this was the first time that nuclear weapons were being used in a war, uh, more specifically this specific bomb, uh, Little Boy. And so it dropped off the components for the atomic bomb, uh, which is a very big uh, – played a very big role to ending the war, especially in the Pacific theater. But – it, on its return back to base, it was uh, torpedoed. Okay. It was torpedoed uh, twice, hit by a Japanese uh, submarine. Of course, you know, uh, Imperial Japan at the time we were at war with. And so these men were traveling. It was nighttime. It was somewhere around mid- midnight when it was struck. Uh, there was about a l- close to 1,200 men on this ship at the time. And if you know anything about living on the seas, uh, especially ship life, it's it's a very rough, but there's very cramped quarters. You have to cramp as much as you can within this uh, small space. Uh, so this those 1,200 men got torpedoed. Of course, you would imagine people were, uh, you know, killed. It was just, you know, utter chaos. The ship sank in 12 minutes, and... About twelve hundred men trying to escape and trying to go, you know, in these cramped quarters, trying to trying to get out topside to get to, you know, life rafts and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's going to be very difficult and congested, and uh, it's been proven plenty of times that that it's it can be very dangerous. Uh, I will add again, like I did in the last show, this has to be against some type of life safety code. Well, and, and as I'll say. It may be because of the military that it gets away with it, but also once you hit international waters, everything goes. Nothing, right, and nothing. I think that's a really good point. But, like, it's frustrating. It no. is frustrating that there was this ship 
with that amount of people, there's no way an evacuation can happen in 12 minutes. There's well, no way. And I wish I had the, the, the specs as far as like the, the size of the ship, but just imagine a ship that can hold 1200 people comfortably, uh, to a certain point. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there's different levels to this ship. And once that struck every, every man for himself, you're trying to escape, you're, right. you know, you're, there's water rushing in, there's other chaos, there's con- congestion going up the stairs and all that. And, Jeez. you know, the ship's going down. The mm-hmm. ship sank in 12 minutes. If you can think about 12 minutes, it's not a very long time. No. You're trying to put on life raft. You're trying to, you know, you're probably in bed. So you're trying to get out. So is everyone else. The ship goes down. Um, I believe about 300 men went down with the ship that, that night. And the men that survived... The remainder of the men that were that survived, which is 890 sailors, were all trying to, I guess, swim away from the wreckage mm-hmm. because there was a lot of fuel. I believe somewhere around maybe 3,000, somewhere you know, roughly estimated uh, fuel that was hit and exp- uh, by one of those torpedoes. They were storing that amount of fuel alone. And so there's debris, there's bodies, there's, you know, all this fuel in the water. Everyone's trying to escape. Everyone's trying to swim away from the fuel so they don't get burned. Yeah. And so everyone swims away. And sometime around, let's, you know, sunrise, you got six o'clock in the morning. uh, Survivors are able to start seeing everybody around them. You know, you can hear people screaming because there's, there's injured people everywhere. Uh these these people start forming into groups, as you would imagine. You 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 start going to other people. We start holding on to any debris, wreckage. Uh, they had very few life rafts. Uh, the life rafts, even at that time, were basically just a big piece of styrofoam with four ropes that lowered a platform down in the water. So you're about chest deep into the water still or so. Uh, and, you know... So there's very few life rafts. Life jackets were scarce as well. Uh, the people that did have life rafts, I mean, life jackets, uh, gave those to the injured so that way they could stay afloat. I mean, that's cool. So they're all bending together. You would think, you know, yeah, that's cool. camaraderie. Everybody's, you know, trying to protect each other. The only issue is they were torpedoed. They don't have any supplies. So, so they're left out to the elements. They're, uh, there's no food, no uh, clean drinking water. Uh, there were accounts of people that actually drank the water, and seawater is uh, very dangerous. Uh, don't drink it. It's uh, it, it had the men uh, hallucinating, and because they were dehydrated and you know they're going crazy, they would. Some men would say that you know they heard stories of somebody saying, "I'm I I can see my house. I'm riding at the, at the front. You know." front lawn i can see the green grass and and they started swimming away and they just never saw him again oh, and all that they at first they try to keep people in but after a while it happened so often and and they noticed that they were attracting the attention of sharks uh when the the ship first exploded it, it basically broke in two as it sank mm-hmm. that's like that, the titanic right pretty much yeah okay so the noise attracted all sorts of marine life as you would imagine, you hear a noise outside, you're going to go look out the window, see what it is. Uh, only problem is some of these were sharks. Mm-hmm. And at first, they started feeding on the dead bodies that were floating around. Uh, 
And after a while, they started attacking the survivors. And it was known for people to just randomly turn their heads and not see the man that was next to them anymore because they would just be dragged dragged underneath by sharks, all sorts of sharks. There's tiger sharks and all that. Shut up. so they all, they, they were eating, you just see them, sometimes you'd hear people scream, and you knew that, you know, survivors accounts, they said they knew that they were being taken down by sharks. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What ocean was this in? Did you already say that? Uh, I did not. Uh-huh. I'm going to say Pacific know? Ocean, Pacific. because it was a Pacific theater in World War II. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and so the sharks, would there be great white? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think they reported great white sharks okay. in that area. I'm just um, curious. Cause I didn't think tiger sharks ate people. Uh, any shark or any animals You're right. will eat anything, You're right. really, whatever they can. Dang boy. Of. All right. But oh, so so I was, uh, going back to the people there was, you know, supplies were scarce and you have some people that. Even though they didn't drink the water, they went crazy. And if they got dragged underneath by a shark, they would hold on to their friends out of panic. Uh, as you know, if you see somebody drowning, that's the first, if you try to go save them, that's kind of one of the things they warn you about is to be uh, weary of that person taking you under as well. Right. And for that reason, they say sometimes it's, it's up to you. You know, it's at your discretion. Uh but so they were, you know, even they were crazed because, you know, they have no supplies, no food. They would be dragged underneath and they would take their friend that was right next to them. Uh, there was stories where somebody would open up a can of Spam uh, and the sharks would smell the meat. So they would come up and start looking around and see where the meat was. So the men had to start tossing their Spam away. So Dude, that way the sharks. Got. I'm fucking done. Like, this is miserable. It was terrifying. Like, you would think the the being torpedoed would be right. bad enough. That's the, supposed to be the worst. 300 right. men were lost. and um, But it wasn't. You know, after they came back in, there's wreckage. There's carnage. There's people screaming. You know, there's, you know, ruckus screaming over yeah. there. I mean, you almost imagine that this, this experience is so horrific that some of those people had just wished they had died on impact or they went down to the ship. Yeah. And you, and you don't know, like, so, you know, I'm thinking of like your skin. Can you imagine how your skin would probably hurt? Yeah. I mean, so one thing, uh, I never considered is whenever a ship, you know, you're, you're stranded out in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. is what these men were. Uh, they have no shade, so they're getting exposed Jesus. to that sun the entire time. So you're yeah. getting sunburned, and you know you're dehydrated. You don't have food. Some people didn't couldn't even like stay afloat. Some people just like I said, swam away because they were crazed or took somebody down right. or just randomly were just you know. The, and these were all men that you knew personally. You were living on this ship with these twelve hundred men. Maybe some of these men you didn't know, but you know that closely. But you knew of them, right? And these all these men were getting killed. And so at some point you, you know, you, you, everybody's scared, you know, you're wondering to yourself, surely the U S Navy would have rescued them, you know, immediately after, or had somebody shadowing them, a a, you know, a plane or something. Absolutely not. Because this was a secret mission. There was nobody that knew about the sinking or torpedoed torpedo torpedoing of the ship. For four days. And the only reason that they found out 
that the ship was sunk is a plane on a routine mission. A U.S. Navy plane saw that there was uh, debris and started noticing a wreckage. And at a certain point, he saw men down there, but he actually visibly saw men being attacked by sharks. So you just saw the carnage of, of men being eaten. Can't believe it. Like looking down and fucking seeing. Yeah. And it, it's it's a routine plane yeah. that's going down there. It's not they weren't sent there to Bless look for hearts. them or anything like that. And the, and the Japanese actually radioed at some point and had told, uh, I guess, their command that they had destroyed the ship, mm-hmm. the Indianapolis. And the U.S. military didn't believe them because they thought they were trying to lure them into a trap. So they didn't they didn't go looking for him. They, they just assumed it was a lie. It's a trap. Yeah, they completely just dismissed it. Just based on gut alone, they dismissed it. Yeah, and I mean that comes higher up, you know, and uh, it's very sad. But so that happened, and so this this man that saw them radioed it in. He dropped off, you know, supplies, rafts, whatever he had in his plane. The second plane showed up. And this was a hydroplane that I could actually land in the water. Okay. It, uh, against, uh, rules, against orders, he landed the plane in the sea and started, uh, getting people on the plane with him to save him because, again, he's, you know, they saw people literally being eaten alive as he's flying over. Yeah. So he stays there with the men. He doesn't want to fly off. He can't because of the weight of the plane. Uh, but this is the only way the men can stay out of the water. So he puts as many people as he can on the water, okay, uh, to get them, you know, safety. Uh, and or about midnight. So I don't know if it's considered the f- the fifth day. Okay. Uh, another uh, another U.S. ship shows up and rescues the rest of the men. Um. So the only issue is, you know, it, the ship when it first had uh, when it first sank, it had. 1195 men on there and it had about 316 or so men left on a that actually survived the whole ordeal so you know the only 316 survived out of 1195 right but when the ship first sank they only lost 300 men and i say only but that's uh, obviously that's a tragedy regardless right these are all people that, you know, the actual people, they, they lived, they breathed, they had families, right. they, they loved. Uh, so, some were drafted, some chose. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different variables to consider that with these humans. But, they're, but they were living people. Right. And uh, so what makes this interesting, of course, the whole story, but is even more interesting is that the story was actually kind of referenced because I never knew about it before and uh, until I got into military history, but it was referenced in the movie Jaws. So that movie came out in about 1970s, the incident happened in 1945. Uh, if you recall, there's a, there's a scene where there's the, the three men that are trying to hunt Jaws, the shark, great white shark, as you, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, and they're all just kind of, you know, telling stories, uh, war stories, if you will. And one of them actually says that he was on the Indianapolis and it's a shark story because sharks were attacking everybody. Right? So it's a really good tie in in the movie. Very, uh, ominous, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, scary, just really creepy overall. Really cool that they added that, but he's a guy that got, uh, whenever jaws landed on the back of the boat of their boat, 
it was tilted up and he kind of slid into his mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, if you remember that scene, that, I remember. that was a guy that said he was on an Indianapolis. Uh, but so to kind of give you an idea, the somewhere around 2017 here recently, not very long ago, you had uh, expedition to go, uh, go locate the wreckage. Okay. And the wreckage was found about 18,000 feet below. So you kind of have an idea how open water they were stuck in. They weren't really near a whole lot of land. It's pretty deep. And I think I looked, I, last time I think I said like people can die, people, humans, Mm -hmm. just their bodies can go down to 395 feet or something like that. We can't go very deep with just our bodies. Do you know if that's on air by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On air. Yeah, yeah. With oxygen. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you can hold your breath that long. And it's so, and about like. So 18,000. 18,000 feet. 18,000. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. There's Um, shit down there and we don't know what there is and it's scary and it's cold. The ocean alone is terrifying. Fuck that shit. And we know more. We said it last time. We know more about space than we do about the goddamn ocean yeah, exactly. on our goddamn planet. I mean, you just imagine being torpedoed, how terrifying that must be. And then, you know, if something brushes your foot in the ocean, how, how scary that would be. Uh, just everything involved in the situation. Right. Seeing, seeing people, yeah, no. you know, die. Uh, in 2018, uh, Congress awarded all the men of the Indianapolis uh, a congressional medal, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a military medal. It's uh, it's the highest uh, medal you can get as a civilian. That a civilian uh, can give. That a civilian can, yeah, can give, exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, not to be confused with the Congressional Medal of Honor, uh, which is uh, military. Uh, and, and if there's anybody in the military, by all means, if, if I'm, you know, correct me, please, if I'm getting this wrong. But so... Yeah, that, I thought that was a very interesting story because I didn't know about it. You know, in, in World War II, that happened. Uh, it's it's the I guess the worst shark attack in history, mm-hmm. uh, um, the worst loss of life in U.S. Navy history. Uh, so it's just interesting that you could lose so many. But the the kicker of it all for me is that. They were overshadowed in the newspapers because, for one, it wasn't supposed to happen. It was top secret. Right. And when they did mention it, it was whenever the U.S. Uh, had won the war. So on the front pages was that we won the war. And on the back pages somewhere, you had the USS Indianapolis. Bless their hearts. Lost this many men. And, it is and so sad when as, you put as, it that way. Yeah, as a U.S. military, they, they try to hide it. They even try to put the blame on the captain, which yeah. all the men knew wasn't the truth. Uh, they said that he hadn't followed proper protocol for yeah. something. And so they said it was his fault that everyone died. But that's not the case. Yeah. So, of course, that goes into tactics and all that stuff. Stuff that I don't fully understand. Stuff I know a little about. But yeah. Uh, but no, I just thought it was a very interesting story. It's a little different. Um, I know you have told stories that aren't completely paranormal at times. Sure. Uh, this one for me, you know because it's military history I've, I was I found very intriguing. It's a very strange story and we tell strange stories yeah. too. And well, I think And that's why I added it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean it's so unbelievable and shocking. It's terrifying and I think a lot of us would think number one we would think that can't happen to me, but we would also say, well that wouldn't happen and it fucking did happen. And like stories like this still happen and these poor people, I mean what a quarter of the men who were on that ship 
against their will, you know, whatever it may be, they all were killed for a top secret mission. Well, that would be a quarter of them and survived. Three quarters of them. Sorry, a quarter of them were a quarter survived. Of them, I'm yeah. so sorry about that. You That's, had the math correct. right, just the wording. Thank you. It's because I did the math in my head real quick, so it threw me off. But, like, it's just... It's unbelievable. It's shocking. Um, and But these are stories that I think are also good to talk about because they're strange stories. And for whatever reason, we like to believe stories that have more facts that we can point to than something that maybe is more supernatural. And so I think it's good to have stories every once in a while weaved in here that are strange and have, for whatever reason, something that more people are more willing to believe. Um Anyways, I think it fits. It's strange. It's scary. It's creepy. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was terrified. Yeah, it's 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 hard to imagine what they must have been through and what they had to endure their entire lives. That's something that stays with you. These men still live almost what I would say, like with these ghosts. These men still live with this who yeah, are alive. Exactly. I mean, um, it's, it's It's a moment in history that, for one, that was trying to... Be covered up by our, our government, but, you know, people sought it out. They got the information, and it was, I guess, even not necessarily popularized, but brought to the public in a movie at yeah. the same time. You right. know, they put it out there. They weren't trying to hide that. I thought it was really cool. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing the story, as does Rebecca, who can't be with us today. Um, but also, thank you for bringing something different to the show. I appreciate it. And also, just so everybody knows, this is actually Mike's very first podcast episode to ever do. And you did an amazing job. So thank you so much for joining and sharing uh, an amazing story and for participating with me. You did a really great job. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. We missed you. Yes. Um, it was It was fun. It really was. Oh, thank you. Um, well, so if, if anybody else would like for us to share your strange or paranormal story or experience, or if there's a story um, that you think would fit great in for the show, let us know about it. Um, you can send it to us at I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram. We have other pages that we don't know how to work. So if you try to message us like on Twitter or Snapchat, we're not going to do anything. Um, but you can send it to the other places and we would be happy to share the story. You aren't alone. A lot of people have a lot of these experiences and we're happy to share them and normalize your experience. Um, if you would like to rate us, please send a, a good review. You can, um, take a picture of it, send it to us at our email, and we would be happy to send you some stickers and appreciation. Um, I think that's it. Becky always does all that stuff. So sorry that it's wrong. Um, we look forward to having you back and I think that's it. Did Mike have something? He held up a finger. I held up a finger uh-huh. because one, I was going to say, if you know the name of that, uh, documentary. Oh yeah, the story that uh, Lindsay's told. Please share it with us. Yeah, I'll and, try to look it up. Too. Yeah, like tag us in ah. Instagram mm-hmm. posts and stuff. Like, yeah, we like to see cool stuff, paranormal stuff. That's yeah, and I say we like I'm on this podcast all the you time. You pretty much are. But no, I, I think if anything, like I'll see it regardless because Lindsay's going to show it to me. That's true, and I'll tell you what, y'all wouldn't have gotten to see that real good um, mask that I made for Halloween. What was it? My Wendigo mask. If it hadn't <laughs> been for Mike, because he pushed that, me so hard to get it done. You. I was like done. I was like, we're done. We're not doing this. Like every day. You. Oh my goodness. 
Um, anyways, thank you guys for listening. And until next time, bye, bye. Mike. <laughs> <laughs>